You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Breaking news alert. Burke and Miz talk off-season signings. Please call the police if you see anyone suspicious not listening to this podcast. Well, the breaking news is quite the contrast from the other day. We actually have a lot of breaking news. The biggest news of the day is uh, outside linebacker Pernell McPhee was placed on the COVID-19 list as were a lot of Baltimore Ravens, but he was another in the long line. A bunch of staff members were placed as well. They're still doing the contact tracing. So having said that, the game is postponed. There's no Thanksgiving Thursday night game between the Ravens and Steelers. It's moved to Sunday at 1 p.m. And that's just really disappointing because what are we going to do now that we don't have Thursday night football on Thanksgiving? You know, you wake up in the morning, you have the Macy's Day Parade, you have morning football, then you eat the turkey, you have afternoon football, then that's done, and then you have the night capper. After all the wine's been drunk, all the food's been eaten, you're, you know, you're napping on uh, tryptophan and you're just waiting for that late night game so now it's not going to happen ratings monster and it's all because of a strength and conditioning coach who didn't follow the covid protocols that spread it to the rest of the team and the ravens are being rewarded by having extra rest time to get ready for this game and the steelers are not for the second time this year and i'm not being an apologist for this but that's really what it's about at this point. Um, I, I still take the Steelers to win this game because those players that are positive still won't be available for that game on Sunday. Uh, they're just trying to complete the contact, uh, contact tracing on it. But it just goes to show like some organizations that are taking it serious aren't running into these problems, and the organizations that aren't taking it serious continue to run into these problems. And... Uh, it's great that the strength and conditioning coach is being thrown under the bus for it, but, I mean, where's the responsible parties to make sure protocols are followed? Uh, Jaguars chase McLaughlin, the kicker's place on the COVID list. I mean, he's a kicker. He scores points, so it's relevant to fantasy football. Thought I'd throw it out there. And the biggest news of the day, it's really sad. The Dallas strength and conditioning coach, Marcus Paul, he had a medical emergency, was transported to the hospital by ambulance. He eventually passed away. So, you know, practice was canceled, of course, and uh, just we, we don't know what happened. There's not a lot of reports about what happened yet. I'm, I'm sure that will follow in the days ahead. But uh, my heart goes out to everyone in the Cowboys organization and obviously Marcus Paul's family. It's a... Uh, it's not something that uh, you like to see ever happen to any organization. 
and uh, dealing with that aftermath. Anyway, uh, moving on uh, from that uh, sad bit of news. Rex Burkhead suffered a knee injury. It's confirmed. He posted on his Instagram. He's out for the year. So if you got James White, that was a good move because Rex Burkhead won't be an option the rest of the way. And, you know, he was... He took up a lot of targets, both through the air and on the ground, so he kind of dipped into James White's and uh, Damian Harris's workload a little bit. Now that won't be the case. Instead, now we have Sonny Michelle dipping into uh, Damian Harris's workload, and James White has the receiving yards all to himself. So that's why James White's a good pickup, because he's going to get that volume. Uh, cornerback Kawan Williams for the Niners, suspended for two games for por- performance-enhancing substances. Uh, doesn't help the 49ers, just another person that's not available for the game. And with the Niners, that's been kind of the theme of the season. You have a lot of talent, you don't have a lot of availability, and sometimes a talent is availability. That's not the case with the 49ers, though. And... Uh, I think this really opens up teams to be able to pass on the 49ers uh, just, you know, because who's going to cover them at this point, right? Um, Mike Glennon's going to make his first start since 2017. I remember when he played for the the Buccaneers and he upset the Steelers. You know, he was a hot commodity. He ended up going to Chicago on a big contract. They thought he was going to be the starter. He wasn't. He uh, got cut. It was uh, a bust, uh, but the Bears were quick to realize it. He went to the Raiders as like the third-string quarterback, fourth-string quarterback, I don't know, a a lower-string quarterback, and uh, eventually went to the Jaguars. And the Jaguars thought so much of him that they started uh, playing Jake Luton over him. So now that Mike Lennon's going to make his first start, I'm liking anybody that's playing against the Jaguars at this point. So it's definitely worth uh, noting and uh, uh, just for defensive special team purposes. Brandon Allen will start for the Bengals. It's like, what happened to Ryan Finley? He was the backup. He played last year. And uh, they obviously seen enough of him and are going to try a quarterback that played for the Broncos last year that hasn't played this year, hasn't been part of the team for more than a week, if that. So... I'm expecting bad things from the ja- or from the Bengals against the Giants because, uh, I mean, it's one thing to not know the playbook from any other position, but when you're the quarterback calling the plays and the audibles and you don't know the offense, that's going to be a problem. So uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Allen. This doesn't look r- really promising for your start. David Montgomery is cleared to play from a concussion. Good for him because he's lined up to have a monster game against the Packers. So you need to be playing him. He's coming back. Good news. Maybe Montgomery can get out of the monotony of just being the uh, 40 yards. And uh, if you score a touchdown, great. But if not, you were a bust type play. Randall Cobb will miss multiple games with a toe injury. That's why Kiki Kuti was a top pickup at receiver. The Texans throw the ball a lot. QT is a good slot receiver. Randall Cobb kind of took it over this year, but now that he's hurt, that makes Kiki relevant. Um, Sam Darnold's back at practice, so he's supposed to start for the Jets. Um, 
they wanted to, to, I don't know, ramp up the offense a little bit, they said. And I'll be honest, I mean, I thought they ramped up the offense with Joe Flacco because the Jets' offense was actually playing pretty well. I mean, they're scoring points, sometimes late, but they looked a lot more cohesive with Flacco than they did Darnold. So throwing Darnold back in there, I just feel like you're throwing him back to the wolves, and this isn't necessarily a good move by the Jets. And I, I like Darnold. I think he can still be a decent quarterback, but uh, Adam Gase has ruined him. And I, I don't think he's going to give the Jets the spark that he thinks he's going to. Well, and that pretty much concludes the breaking news. And let's get right into the previews. And I'm, uh, I'm hoping for, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting games going on. So I want to talk all about them. So let's go. Let's do this. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. The very first Sunday morning game that we're going to preview is the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. And I know what you're thinking. Man, this is a really bad game to start it off. The Jets, terrible. Dolphins, they just lost to the Broncos last week. Tua played awful. But I will say this. I think this is going to be a pretty entertaining game. There's going to be a lot of fantasy relevance. And, you know, the Dolphins are favored by seven points. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the the Jets are actually going to keep this close, although I do think Miami wins. So I'm, give me the Jets and the points. I know that sounds crazy, but it's an AFC East game. Jets' defense isn't horrible. Miami's offense didn't play very well against the Broncos and this is at New York so give me all those factors now it's 44.5 on the over under I'm taking the over because as I'm looking at my starts and sits I have a whole lot of starts not a lot of sits and uh, I guess we'll just get right to it starting Tua Tagovailoa I think he's going to have a great game against the Jets because everybody has a great game against the Jets so I don't think he'll be any different he has a lot to prove after getting benched last week and uh, having Ryan Fitzpatrick have to come in. But, uh, yeah, I just think this is a great matchup for him, and he's going to be a, a decent play. Savin Ahmed, I think he's going to be a really great play. And he's kind of under the radar because there's talk that Miles Gaskins is going to be coming back soon. And, you know, what's the role of Miles Gaskins if he comes back? What's the role of Matt Breida? And I think the game against the Broncos kind of proved to us that it's Salvin Ahmed's job until Miles My Gaskins gets back. I don't think Miles Gaskins gets back. So at least for one more week, Salvin Ahmed is going to be a great play and needs to be started and could be, you know, one of the starts of the week. We'll see if that's the case on a future podcast, but I, 
he's going to come really cheap. You can just pretty much pick him up off the waiver wire. And for a one-week fill-in, and, you know, if you're in win-now mode, uh, Salvin Ahmed is actually a really great play. Frank Gore, you need to start Frank Gore, the ageless wonder. Um, he has a great matchup. And now that uh, uh, the Michael Perrine is m most likely out, I, I think that really opens the door for Frank Gore to get more work and be relevant. And let's face it, as much as we feel pretty, uh, we need to take a shower after we put uh, Frank Gore into the lineup. I get it. He has a great matchup, though, and with that volume, you, you just can't ignore it. And especially with the Dolphins, who give up a lot of points to the running back. Uh, I know it's ugly. you got to put him in there. Devontae Parker, same thing. Jets give up a lot of yards to the receivers. I mean, look at what the Chargers did last week. Um, Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant are both starts in this one. And then Mike Gesicki is a start as well. Um, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims on the Jets. They need to be started. And, you know, sitting, I'm sitting Matt Breda because it – the Dolphins really haven't been able to use Matt Breida like the Niners. I, I really think he's a guy that can be pretty productive with low volume. But, you know, I mean, the Dolphins are definitely using him in low volume. But they're really just, you know, the low volume is really low. They're, they're not really using him at all. And even with Salvin Ahmed, where you thought maybe his workload would go up a little bit, it didn't. And so he's non, like, he's a non-factor. And then Sam Darnold is actually supposed to come back and play. He's been practicing. The you know Adam Gay says he wants to get a spark for the offense, and so Darnold will probably be the guy. Whether it's Flacco or Darnold, I think you need to sit the quarterback playing football for the New York Jets. It's not a good matchup. And then Chris Herndon, definitely, even with good matchups. I, I don't know what happened to Chris Herndon, but, well, I shouldn't really say that because Chris Herndon is kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think, he, he's kind of like uh, Duke Johnson. You see the ability, you think he can do something, you talk about it all the time, but then he never really does it. And, and that's been kind of Chris Herndon right now. So he's on the bench, even if it's a, you know, a decent matchup. And this one it's really not, though. He doesn't have a good matchup. And then uh, Prashad Perriman, he is a bench. And I know what you're thinking. You, you're starting Mims. You're starting Crowder. I just think the Dolphins will do a pretty decent job at defending the long ball where Perryman kind of keeps his relevance, and that will be gone. So uh, he's he's a non-start at this point. But, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's not a great game you're going to watch thinking it has a lot of uh, playoff ramifications, obviously except for the Dolphins if they win, which they should do. But uh, it definitely has a lot of fantasy relevance because there's a lot of good matchups in this one. A lot of good matchups. This next game, the Arizona Cardinals at the New England Patriots. It's not so cut and dry as it seems. You know, you know the Arizona Cardinals are going to win, but they're going to New England all the way across, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast. And that makes it a little bit difficult. I'm still picking the Cardinals because they're favored by two and a half points. And I think they win at least by a field goal. So give me the Cardinals all day long in that scenario. You know, they have Kyler Murray. The Patriots have Cam Newton. I'm taking Kyler Murray every time. The 
over-under is 49.5, which means basically both teams have to score 25 points for the uh, for the over. And I just think that's too high. I- I'm taking the under on this. I-, I think the Cardinals score the majority of the points, but no way do I think the Patriots score more than 20 points in this scenario. So I'm starting Cam Newton. He has a great matchup against the Cardinals. I know I just ripped on him saying he's no Kyler Murray because he's not. But uh, he does have a good matchup, and he should be played. And Kyler Murray doesn't have a good matchup, but it's Kyler freaking Murray. And he's on the verge of being MVP candidate. Like He's definitely in the conversation. And you're starting him regardless of matchups. Kenyon Drake, you're starting. And it's not necessarily a, a huge matchup, like a, a great matchup for Kenyon Drake. But... I definitely think the Cardinals are going to be running the ball a little bit more than usual against the Patriots, and Kenyon Drake's going to be the guy. Having said that, you know, Chase Edmonds needs to be on the bench because this isn't a game that both of them can eat in. Uh, All the scraps are left for Kenyon Drake, and he's going to take them. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, you need to start both of them. These receivers can really do something against this Patriots secondary. So I expect big games from both of them. And which one, I don't know. Uh, you know, Christian Kirk's been more of the big play guy, although DeAndre Hopkins had probably maybe the biggest play of the season so far. Uh, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, with the, you know, his target volume just needs to be out there. So having said that, you're sitting the tight ends. Dan Arnold, Max Williams, they use both of them. They both aren't very consistent. They both aren't fantasy relevant, so they're on the bench. And then for the Patriots, James White is on the bench. Uh, I I know he's a popular pickup with Rex Burkhead being out, but the Cardinals don't give up a lot of points to the running back, you know, coming out of the backfield receiving the ball. And that would be James White's main goal on the, you know, that's how they use him schematically. So he's on the bench. Ryan Izzo, we don't need to talk about Ryan Izzo. I'm actually kind of tired to talk about whether to bench Ryan Izzo or not because I put him there because he's a tight end, but he's never fantasy relevant. So, um, Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, they both need to be started. Both of them. They have great matchups. I expect them to have great games. And, you know, is it going to be uh, target-wise? Is it going to be Bird? Is it going to be Myers? I don't know, but like in a flex spot, you can kind of roll the dice and play either or and uh, expect good things. Damian Harris, you're starting him. You know, you've started him last week. You're definitely starting him this week. Um, he, he's just been really reliable. And, you know, for the Patriots, he's definitely not Sony Michelle. And uh, I, I like his consistency that he shows. You know, he scored last week, which kind of helped his cause, but... Even when he doesn't score, he's able to be fantasy relevant. So just a really good matchup all the way around for him. And, again, this is a, it's an interesting game. You don't see the Cardinals play the Patriots very often. So I, I don't know what else to think about it except for it'll be a good watch, and I'm interested to see how the Cardinals do. This next game is really deceiving. The reason why it's the big deceiver is because it's two teams, not very good, give up a lot of points, and you think it's just going to be a shootout. 
But in reality, you look at the stats, you look at both teams and what their strengths and weaknesses are, and this game is not going to be as high-scoring as we think. And this is the Carolina Panthers at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are favored by three and a half points. They're at home. It looks like it's a given that you're going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. The, the Panthers, they might not have Teddy Bridgewater. They might. We don't know. I think they do. I'm taking the Panthers regardless. I, I think that they're going to play this game close. And if they lose, it's going to be by a field goal or less. So give me the Panthers. Give me the three and a half. And the over-under is 49 points, which means, again, basically both teams have to score 25 points. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I'm taking the under on this. And that's just because, uh, again, you're, you're starting Teddy Bridgewater. If he plays, you know, start P.J. Walker if he plays. Uh, he had the two bad interceptions at the goal line um, that ruined his fantasy outing. But he sh- showed to be an effective passer go- marching down the field. So I'm not scared of him either. Uh, start either one of those against this Minnesota Vikings defense. They can't defend the pass. They can't defend the pass all year. I don't know why they'd start defending the pass. Um, and Mike Davis, of course, you're starting Mike Davis. He's uh, until McCaffrey gets back. Mike Davis is a solid option. He's not the uh, stalwart that he was, you know, right away when he was replacing McCaffrey, but he's still a decent play. And then. Uh, DJ Moore, I like him a lot in this one. I don't like Robbie Anderson, and I hate to say it, but DJ Moore scoring more touchdowns. It's almost like they flip-flopped. Robbie Anderson was getting the touchdowns and the receiving yards. Moore was just getting the receiving yards. People were souring on Moore because he couldn't score. Then all of a sudden, Moore scoring, Robbie Anderson's not scoring. So... Uh, that's why I would sit Anderson and start DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, the way they've utilized him, I think they kind of figured it out what the best way, uh, you know, the best way to utilize him and make him effective. And he's had two good weeks in a row, and I don't see why he can't have a good week this week against the Vikings. Uh, you know, you're, I said Robbie Anderson's a sit, but Ian Thomas is a sit too. We're not talking about it because <laughs> they just don't use him. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins is a start. The Panthers give up a lot of points to the quarterback. And they're actually middle of the road, but uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be passing the ball a lot in this matchup, so I like him. Uh, Having said that, though, I don't like any of his options. So Adam Thielen, who knows if he comes back from COVID. I have him on my bench until I find out. Justin Jefferson, I think now that they can focus on him, and the path, the Panthers actually don't give up a lot of yard to the wide receiver. So uh, he's on my bench, and that's along with the Herb Smith. He's on my bench as well because they don't give up a lot of points to the tight end. So you're like, man, if Kirk Cousins is your start and they don't give up many points to the wide receiver of the tight end, who are they going to throw to? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the Dalvin Cook show. Dalvin Cook is going to get... 800 yards rushing in this game, 800 yards receiving in this game. He's just going to be a beast. And so I, a matchup like this, um, I, I, every week I'm like, Davin Cook, you need to start him. Well, he's been matchup proof. He's basically gotten the, the minimum. His floor is like 70 yards and a touchdown. So 
this is another matchup where he should exceed that and, and do really well receiving the ball and rushing the ball. Uh, of course, we don't really need a lot of people to say, hey, you need to start Dalvin Cook because that's just a given. And, uh, yeah, anyways, this game should be, it'll be interesting, but I'm thinking that the Carolina Panthers are being a little disrespected in this. It's going to be kind of more of a defensive battle than offensive battle in this one, but the, uh, you know, the, not that the Panthers will pull it out, but they won't lose by more than a field goal. In this next game, it's kind of skewed a little bit. It's the Cleveland Browns at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like the Cleveland Browns. They're favored by six and a half points, which is crazy being on the road. You never thought in years that the Cleveland Browns would be favored by six and a half being on the road. But with the Jacksonville Jaguars, that seems to be the case. And I disagree with it. The reason why I agree with it is because uh, Mike Lennon is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. And my, th my thought process behind this is Minshew was hurt, so he wasn't playing. So instead of going to Glennon, who was supposed to be the backup, they had so much confidence in Luton, and they wanted to see what Luton had before they wanted to put Glennon out there. Uh, Glennon had his opportunities with the uh, with Chicago. He blew it. Went to the Raiders as a backup. He was the one that was cut out of like five quarterbacks that they had at the time. So I don't expect a lot of great things from him here. And actually, Cleveland Browns are a defense that I, I kind of want to play in this matchup because I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers by Glennon. He's tall, which you like in a quarterback, but also, being a quarterback, you like a quarterback that makes great decisions, and Glennon just doesn't do that. So you're starting Baker Mayfield in this one, and it pains me to say that, and I know you're probably not starting Baker Mayfield, but I think he has a top 12 matchup, and he could be a top 12 quarterback. So if you have him on your roster, you have some bye weeks and, or injuries, uh, he might be worth the roll of the die. Like, I'm not picking him up off the waiver wire to play him, but it's a good matchup. Uh, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, you're playing both of those guys for sure. I, I like Cream Hunt a little bit more because the Jaguars give up a lot of passing yards. So I just think when you add the rushing and the receiving yards, Cream Hunt is going to have the better day. Although, that doesn't mean I don't think Nick Chubb's going to have a good day. I, I think they're both going to be pretty dominant. So Juice Landry and Rashad Higgins, Austin Hooper, you're basically starting all Cleveland Browns weapons. And they're a running team. They don't pass the ball a lot. So, you know, can you expect a disappointment from Juice Landry? I can say you can because he's had many great matchups and have, haven't done anything. I mean, his chemistry with Baker Mayfield right now has been pretty horrid. So, uh, I mean... He really needs to be dropped at this point. If I have Juice Landry on my team, I'm dropping him. But in this last-ditch effort, he has a good matchup. You might want to play him. And uh, if he can't do anything here, he's not going to do anything the rest of the year. I'm just sorry. But Hollywood Higgins, I like his potential here. I think he can be effective. For the Jaguars, James Robinson, I'm sorry to say... 
but I'm sitting him. And I shouldn't be sitting him because he's all they have. But I just don't like the fact that Mike Glennon's going to be the quarterback. They're going to key on James Robinson because they're not going to be scared of Glennon being able to throw the ball down the field. At least uh, Luton had a big arm to kind of keep defenses honest. Uh, Glennon, uh, not that he doesn't have a big arm, but he doesn't have any accuracy whatsoever. Um, And uh, I don't think he'll be able to connect on any of those big throws. So they're going to be, the Browns are going to be having like 10 in the box. Jaguars won't have anywhere to go. Makes Robinson a sit. I'm starting, you know, Mike Lennon would be a good start, but I'm keeping him on my bench just because it's Mike Lennon. If he was any other quarterback, he'd be in my starting lineup. DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, they would be in my start. Tyler Eifert, even though he's, you know, he's injured like always. We'll see if he makes it to game day. I think he does. Uh, But they would all be starts for me in this matchup. It's a prime matchup for the Jaguars. It's just uh, with Mike Lennon, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure, especially trying to, if I'm fighting for a playoff spot in fantasy, I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to get that production out of them. And I want more sure things. So they're probably going to be on my bench. Regardless, uh, this is going to be a pretty cut and dry game. Cleveland's going to win. It's just by how many points. Now, this is the game of the week, the creme de la creme of matchups. It's for first place in the AFC South. This is a repeat of just two weeks ago. It is the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored by three points. I'm not having it. I, I think the two weeks ago was a mirage. I'm picking Tennessee. I think they win this game. Uh, the Colts' defense is good, but I like this Tennessee offense and their ability to wear down their the, the opponent's defense. The over-under is 50.5, and I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I know the first matchup was a little more high-scoring than what we thought. I, I think this one comes back to reality, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be below 50.5. So take the under, take in the Tennessee Titans, getting the three points. And I feel good about that. And the reason why I feel good about that is because I am sitting some pretty key players for the Titans. I'm sitting Ryan Tannehill, who is had an amazing game last week. This Colts defense, though, is nothing to mess around with. They're like the Wu-Tang Clan. They're nothing to mess with. And uh, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Janu Smith, it's basically all of Ryan Tannehill's receiving options. So unless he starts getting some rushing touchdowns and takes over for Derrick Henry, I don't see how Ryan Tannehill is productive in this game. I am starting Derrick Henry, of course. It's a bad matchup, but Derrick Henry hasn't met too many bad matchups he doesn't like, and I expect a pretty good performance from him despite that. And really, that's it. I mean, all the other starts for me, I mean, it's crazy. I'm picking the Titans to win. But all my starts are Colts. Phillip Rivers, going to have a great game. He uh, does well in good matchups. Doesn't do so well in bad matchups, but this is a good matchup for him. Jonathan Taylor, he's really starting to take over the workload. So if anything, I'm intrigued by Jonathan Taylor. I I know I kind of left him for dead, but uh, he got a lot of volume last week. And is this going to be the sign of things to come for Jonathan Taylor? 
I mean, I still don't like him. I don't think he's a good running back because, you know, vision is important. And unless you have that, it doesn't matter what other skills you have. So I have Jonathan Taylor starting in this one. This is kind of the make or break. And uh, I guess my big issue is if you're fighting for a playoff spot, you have like two, three weeks left, are you really going to trust Jonathan Taylor in this? I don't know that you do. Um, Jordan Wilkins, he's on the bench, and that's just because he doesn't get enough volume. And then Mike, Michael Pittman, Jr., Zach Pascal, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, all of them. I like all of them. Tight end should have a heyday against the Titans. They give up a lot of points. Trey Burton I like a little bit more, but usually with uh, good matchups, you uh, you know the Colts, uh, when they face a good matchup, you see two tight ends scoring in the game. And so Jack Doyle can get a sneaky touchdown in there. And just Michael Pittman's turning into a number one receiver. He's looking great. And if you have him, how can you not play him at this point? He had a great game last time they played the Titans. Um, he was respectable last week. So I would just keep throwing him out there. And I don't like T.Y. Hilton because, you know, T.Y. Hilton is irrelevant since Andrew Luck retired. He's still irrelevant regardless of his matchup. So he's on the bench. Naheem Hines, he's on the bench because the Titans do not give up a lot of receiving yards to the running back position. That just happens to be Hines' forte. So they're on, on my bench. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a good game that I'm looking forward to, wa uh, to watching. And I, I think it might be the game of the Sunday morning slate. This next game is going to be pretty short to explain. It's the New York Giants at the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Giants are favored by six. I would take the Giants at ten at this point, and that's saying something considering the Giants are, what, like three and seven? But uh, with the Bengals, are playing Brandon Allen this week over Ryan Finley. And Brandon Allen's been on the team for, I don't know, not even a week. And they're going to start him? Like, what's that going to look like? I don't think it's going to be good. I mean, nothing against Brandon Allen, but I don't like a lot of quarterbacks coming into a brand-new team under a week, especially at the quarterback position. So I'm taking the Giants in this one. The over-under is 42.5. I'm taking the under, and that's just because I don't think the Bengals will score and be effective. I think the Giants will do all the scoring. And as bad as the Bengals' defense is, I don't think the Giants will score 42 points. So there you have it. Take the under. You're starting Daniel Jones. This is a good matchup. He can run the ball. You know, his rushing yards is actually makes him pretty relevant because uh, if he gets a rushing touchdown, that's six points to, uh, you know, four points for a, a passing touchdown. And Daniel Jones has been the Giants' leading rusher. Uh, Wayne Gallman, this is a matchup made in heaven. I think Gallman's just going to eat the Bengals alive. The Giants will get a big lead. Use Wayne Gallman. Uh, down the stretch to close out the game. And Gallman had a great matchup or a great performance last week. So why not carry it over to this week with a good matchup? Um, so I'm really excited about what Wayne Gallman can do. If he's on your waiver wire, you need a quick fix. You need a quick fix in your flex. He's the guy for you. I'm, I'm down on the corner selling Wayne Gallman's uh, like hotcakes. He's what's hot in the streets right now. Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton, starting both of them. They both 
are re- relevant. So Evan Ingram. Basically, I'm starting everybody against this Bengals. There's not a single Giant that I want to bench in this matchup. And I'm not. I'm playing all of them. I'm actually picking people up from the Giants to play them against the Bengals. So uh, on the other side, Bengals. I mean, Giovanni Bernard I might start just because, I mean, he's going to get volume. Uh, and Tyler Boyd, I mean, you got to throw it somewhere, and he gets so many targets. Uh, even if you get 20 targets where they're nowhere near you, I, I mean, your law of averages is you're going to get 50% of them. So that could lead to a decent day for Boyd. But, I mean, T. Higgins, A.J. Green, Drew Sample, I'm just really out on this game. It's it's a yucky game. No one's going to be interested in it. I think the, the biggest thing, well, unless you're a Giants fan, and uh, the biggest thing is can Wayne Gauman really – have as big of a day as what we think he can I mean that will be determined but I've never been so high on Wayne Gallman in my life he's uh, he, he might make me a really happy guy on Sunday this next game is going to be a good game this is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills the Bills are favored by five and a half points and Buffalo is a tough place to play Teams don't go in there and play really well, and you don't expect a team like the Chargers going all the way from the West Coast to come into Buffalo and play well and really make this a game at all. I mean, there's some good teams that go all the way out to Buffalo and lay an egg, but I'm taking the Chargers, not because I think they'll win, but I don't think the Bills will win by five and a half points in this one. And the over-under is 54 points. I'm taking the under on this one. And the reason why I... I'm taking the Chargers to lose by less than five and a half is because Justin Herbert is definitely a start for me. I think he has a great game. Austin Eckler's practicing. He might come back. I think Austin Eckler's going to be an amazing play here, and he, you should consider playing him. He's going to get all the, the receiving volume. He's going to get the rushing volume. He's definitely going to be a factor. I mean, if he doesn't play, Balazs could be a good play. But uh, with the thought that Austin Eckler is going to be out there, I'm benching Kalen Balaj in this one. And, uh, you know, Keenan Allen doesn't have a great play here. This isn't a good matchup for him. You definitely shouldn't expect the uh, 19 targets that he had last week. But he's Justin Herbert's security blanket. He's going to be looking his way. So just from a target perspective, Keenan Allen needs to be a start. And then Hunter Henry, I mean, Bills give up so many yards and touchdowns to the tight end position. Hunter Henry should have a good game. But uh, saying that, Hunter Henry's had a lot of good matchups. And, you know, if he doesn't score, really hasn't met expectations. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me that he he doesn't in this matchup either. But uh, the numbers say that you should be starting him. For you should be sitting Kalen Balaj. Mike Williams, I don't like Mike Williams in this one. I just I I don't think he's a good play. He's he's not going to get the you know, he was he had one big play last week that made him relevant, but that outside of that he he didn't do much. And I don't like him in this one. For the Bills, Josh Allen, yes, start him. Start him as much as you want. He's going to be a good play. He's a top five quarterback this year, so of course you're playing him. Zach Moss, I really like Zach Moss over Devin Singletary. So I'm sitting Devin Singletary, and I'm taking Zach Moss. 
I think this is the game that Zach Moss really kind of propels himself to being the top guy in Buffalo. And that's not to say that Devin Singletary will fade away. But, uh, y- you know, this is the... Uh, I-, I think it's going to be the Zach Moss show soon. Sooner rather than later. And uh, if you're taking a chance on anyone, he might be a good option. Uh, Stephon Diggs doesn't have a good matchup, but you're playing him just because it's kind of like why you're playing Keenan Allen. He's going to get a lot of targets. He's the main guy for Josh Allen. Uh, Put him in there. You you won't be sorry. Tyler Croft at tight end. I put him in there over Dawson Knox because Dawson Knox is not really playing. He had COVID for a while. And uh, Tyler Croft is more of the receiving tight end anyway. So this is a good matchup for tight ends, and Tyler Croft could surprise and John Brown's been hurt, so he's on the bench. I don't trust him to even play. If he does play, I think he'll be limited. So when John Brown doesn't play, Cole Beasley is the guy. They go to the slot position a lot. Cole Beasley could be a really good player, so you need to play him. Um, but again, I'm taking the Chargers. 54 points, I'm taking the under. I don't think this will be as high of a scoring game as what people think it's going to be. But uh, it's definitely intriguing. It'll definitely turn my attention away from watching a Christmas story from Thanksgiving 24 hours over and over again. Uh, this game might actually take me away from that for a little bit to uh, see what's going on. And really at this point with this uh, holiday weekend, that's all you can ask for. Now it's the final game of the Sunday morning games that we're going to preview. I like this game a lot. It's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders are favored by three points, and I'll take it. I think the Raiders win by more than three points. The over-under is 55.5. That's a lot of points. That's like almost 28 points each. I'm, I'm taking the under on that. I'm not comfortable with that. Although, there's you know you're not benching a lot of people. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I just think that's a lot of points, and I'm taking the under on that. I don't like it. So having said that, I'm starting Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to take you far in your fantasy football week. It's a great matchup. He did great against the Chiefs. The Falcons are the worst team against the pass in the NFL. So there's no reason for Derek Carr not to have a great week. So I'm playing him. I'm playing Nelson Aguilar. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, all those guys, you know, especially Darren Waller, I think he's going to have a really big day. Falcons can't defend the tight end position. Uh, they can't defend the receiver position either. But uh, I think the Raiders are just built more to get the ball to Waller, and he's the most dependable option. Nelson Aguilar's been scoring like crazy, so you can throw him in there because he definitely should be able to score against the Falcons. I'm I'm benching Henry Ruggs. He's just not showing me anything, and he's actually looking worse as the season's going along. So I don't want any part of that. I don't care who he's playing. He needs to show me something before I play him. So he's on my bench, unfortunately. Although matchup-wise, this could be a you know his big game where you're like, why did I put him on my bench? Why did I do that? Uh, especially if, you know as you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. But that's the way it goes. I, I like to go with known commodities during this time, and Henry Ruggs is not that. Josh Jacobs, 
I have him as a sit, and I mean, you can play him. He could have a good game. I just don't like him in this one. I don't think he'll be effective. I, I definitely think this will be a kind of a dud game for him. So I'm sure you're playing him regardless of what I say, but I don't like the matchup, and he's on my sit list. Um, for the Falcons, Matt Ryan, huge game. This sets him up for a huge game. Todd Gurley, it doesn't get any better than Todd Gurley in this one. I like him more receiving the ball than I do rushing the ball. And this just could be a great matchup for Todd Gurley. He needs to be on your radar. And um, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley. And I like Russell Gage just because Julio Jones might not be available. If he is available, Russell Gage goes out the window. But that's a lot of targets if Julio Jones doesn't play. And uh, they need to go somewhere. I, I get uh, Zacchaeus and Blake could be involved, but uh, Russell Gage usually gets a lot more targets when Julio Jones isn't playing. Calvin Ridley, you're playing him always. He's just he's a beast. He's effective. He gets a lot of points. I like Calvin Ridley. And then I'm sitting Hayden Hurst. Sorry, Hayden Hurst, but you're just not what we thought you were. It's not your fault. It's our fault. Uh, for thinking that you could be this dynamic tight end with a second chance. But uh, you're not a horrible tight end. You're just not a relevant tight end for fantasy football. So you're on the bench. And, uh, yeah, I, I like this game a lot. And I'm definitely going to be checking out the uh, the game in this one. This is one of the games I'll be paying attention to and, and watching a little bit of. Enjoy all your fried turkeys, your mashed potatoes, your sweet potato pies, your pumpkin pies, your green bean casseroles, your deviled eggs. Now I'm really hungry, but uh, we are done with the podcast. This is the Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. the Wiz Montalban, and we will finish the previews of all the Sunday afternoon games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving and cheers.